Hello, hi, 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 my people, welcome. Always an honor to hang out with you, to see you, even though I can't see you, but I can see you. Thank you so much for being here today and for being people who treasure the word of God. There is a reward. There is a reward for hungering and thirsting for the things of God, taking off time and just being here to be with God and his word. There is a reward. And you will see, there's always a harvest. For every seed, there is a harvest. Do you hear that beautiful song that's playing? Yeah, um, it's been playing in my heart today as we prepared for the teaching. That when God says something, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Some of you have waited a while for promises and sometimes you get weary. But you know what he has spoken and it is so whether you wait 10 years for it it is so In this storm why don't you just hear the words Say, Lord, I know you're working in the discouragement, in the pit, in the prison, in every season. I'll even be silent and let you just be ministered to.
what what an encouragement this afternoon evening morning i don't know what time you're listening in but listen to that i am made whole you have spoken and i know Father, we thank you for your words, your dreams that you have placed in our hearts over the years, things that you have placed in us that we just start to wonder sometimes, did we hear you? Was it truly God that you will affirm your children today and will be reminded that as long as you have spoken, it is so. It is so. That Lord, today we'll be encouraged as we think about your promises. That no matter how long they take, we will hold on until we see them come to pass. Because you are faithful. Facts will change. But your word, it comes to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I really believe that, that the Holy Spirit wants to minister to someone today. Beyond the word that is on my heart. It's just that prophetic word you know i was yesterday um we were at worship harvest downtown and it's where we began talking about joseph i had been listening to the book of genesis and thinking about a young man who has a dream at the age of 17 and he doesn't bring himself to dream it he slept and he dreamt a dream and his dream brought him trouble and he ends up hated by his siblings eventually thrown into slavery prison it's like every time he tried to do good it worsened and for 17 years, I wonder if he wondered that he had come up with his own dreams. But he didn't know that the, the, the word says that God was with him and he prospered wherever he went. But it didn't look like that dream was coming to pass. I don't think in prison you think you're going to be a ruler and your brethren will kneel before you. You're forgotten. And sometimes we think God has forgotten us. Or we start to wonder, was it really God or I came up with my own stuff? Um, and maybe even you've had someone come and affirm the word that you had in private and you start to wonder are these real prophets or they are false are these people just you know watching my life and saying what they think I need to hear and we can start to doubt God and I've been in those places before but I've learned that when the doubts rage in my mind I open my mouth and I say God I know you're working I know you're working I know I had you I'm not going to let this steal and what you placed in my heart and what i love is that it's not up to me to fulfill god's word mine is to wait and be faithful and continue to serve and be thankful and god will fulfill his word it's on him it's on the one who gave the dream to fulfill it it's not on you so you don't be under pressure to bring god's word to pass you will end up with a counterfeit you don't need to prove to anyone that god spoke to you he will prove his own word he says he watches over his word to perform it Another version says he broods over his word to perform it. And it took 70, 13 years for David, um, for David, for Joseph, for them to see that dream, you know, that God placed in there. His son who came and gave them, David was happy taking care of his father's sheep. Then he's anointed. And then he's hunted for being anointed. It's like, so sometimes there is resistance to that dream that God has. It's like the opposite starts to happen and we can't start to doubt. Did we hear God? I want you to remember you had him. Don't doubt in the valley what you had on the mountain top. 
even in the valley you stick with it and remember the pressure is on god to fulfill his word so take the pressure off don't feel like hey god i have to help you <laughs> bring your word to pass no 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 the one who spoke it is the one who will perform it yours is to continue to serve faithfully where you are to continue to love god to walk with him and to know that i keep telling some people in the country i think i had god say this i'm like great believe it put it somewhere and continue to serve until god tells you to do something about it if he's just showed you something receive it like like mary the bible says that elizabeth and mary they kept these things in their hearts mary didn't go around announcing mine is the son of god but she knew it and god brought to pass the miracles the signs the wonders the anointing to prove that that was his son so you don't abort the dream of god by trying to help him bring it to pass you carry it some pregnancies in the spirit last 20 years <laughs> 25 years for abraham between when god appeared to him and when he saw a son of promise called isaac so hold on don't let go but don't be under pressure to fulfill a word you did not bring upon yourself god said it he will do it so enjoy the season you're in now and see that god is with you because he was with joseph in the prison and he prospered even if it feels like jail now you can prosper in the jail god is with you amen all right i want us to get into today's word i know that for some of you like i've received my word let me log off no no stay on i believe that god still has much more to speak to you he has prepared a feast stick through this and let him still minister to you and invite a friend don't watch alone stop for a moment share the link get someone on today today's word is one of those that is very powerful and that is going to really bring light into your life and mine as you hear it so i've been thinking there's lots of things again as always that are rumbling in my heart but i felt this one stayed for a while and i believe this is the word that the holy spirit wants to minister to us today a word in season what has been on my heart is this i've been i find myself lately very observant <laughs> i really believe that it's, it's 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 a dimension that god is opening up to me learning by observation um um learning by by just observing observing what's around me so i'm a little bit distracted uh, but now i'm no longer distracted i'm hearing like a sound do you guys hear it um but i'm going to I'm, I'm about to 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 i'm about to to to, to stop being distracted <laughs> by that sound um I'm, about, I'm going to send a message to someone who's going to stop making that sound because it is disturbing me so as a generation i've been observing us and one of the things that i realize we are starting to lack as a generation we've really lost is wisdom yeah wisdom so we live in an age of a lot of information a lot of access maybe more access to information and what we call knowledge than any other generation before us and yet we lack wisdom isn't that a mystery? Like we have access to anything. You can Google anything. There's books written on almost everything. There's programs on YouTube. There's YouTube University. There's I don't know what. But then it's as if the more we learn, the less we know. And it's like the younger we are, the younger you find us now, the more we think we know. And yes, the less we know. So as a generation, we've lacked wisdom. And you know, the thing about wisdom is that 
Wisdom saves you from unnecessary pain, right? Wisdom takes away the need for miracles. And now we are a generation that's looking for miracles because we lack wisdom. We need a miracle to save us. Wisdom take, you know, saves you from unnecessary pain, really. And so we have a generation that's going through so much pain. But when you really look at it, most of it is from a lack of wisdom. And so I think of a person like King Solomon. Under King Solomon, if you really want to read carefully, Chronicles and whatever, you start to see that King Solomon wasn't loved by the generals, the men of war, the ones who served David, because he was mommy's boy. He was weak. He wasn't your man of war. He wasn't. But what made Solomon a great king was the wisdom he carried. And it's as if his parents watched him and knew this one isn't going to be a man of war. This one, he needs wisdom. But through wisdom, he built one of the greatest kingdoms ever recorded in history and brought prosperity and peace. Under Solomon, the Bible says there was no war. There was no need for war because there was wisdom. <laughs> so with wisdom is peace. And I want to first read for you because I want us to talk about the thing I'm talking about today is not necessarily wisdom, but it's where the wisdom comes from. Because we can talk about wisdom all day until you're like, where do I find it? What is this thing called wisdom? Like, that's very nice, but okay, now where is it? <laughs> um, actually, in the book of James, he writes and says that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously and graciously to all without finding fault. Meaning that I can become wise. In the book of Psalms, he says that the testimonies of God or the word of God makes you wise. It has the capacity to make you wise, meaning there is a place to find wisdom. But before we go there, I want to show you some of the, the powerful things about wisdom. In the book of Proverbs, and you're going to listen and you're going to hear what wisdom does for you. Because I want you to desire it before I even tell you where to find it. And Like, why do you need wisdom as a child of God, as a person living here on earth? He says in Proverbs chapter 3, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart, not your mind, your heart. And I'm going to talk about the difference between that. What's the difference between your mind knowing something and your heart having it? Let your heart keep my commandments because you find that God is after our hearts. Why? Length of days hmm? and long life. There is a difference between length of days and long life. And peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Why? And then you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And you know that if you know people who are wise, you esteem them highly. You even don't talk for to them because they are wise people. There is a way for you to find favor and high esteem before men and God. Then he goes on and says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. That's part of wisdom. You know, we know that scripture, so we, we are familiar in our heads. But think about it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not your mind. Lead, do not lean on your own understanding, what you think you understand. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and then he will direct your paths. Meaning, God is not able to direct my paths until I trust him and lean on him completely. Then he will direct my paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. What's, what should you do instead? Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions. This is all wisdom. 
and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty, meaning there is a way for you to have increase all the time. And your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, which is the correction of God, or detest his correction, meaning God will correct you from time to time. How? Through people, through your leaders, through your parents. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Happy is the woman who finds wisdom. You is watching. You will be happy when you find wisdom. And the man who gains understanding. Why? For the proceeds of wisdom are far better than the profits of silver or shillings or dollars or euros or I don't know whatever currency it is for you. That the profits of wisdom are far better than the profits of any currency you can carry in this world. And that the gain of wisdom is better than fine gold. You know that fine gold is very expensive. She is more than rubies, more precious than rubies. And all the things you may desire, what do you desire? A beautiful home, a lovely car, great spouse, I don't know, peace of mind, lots of money. All the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. In other words, that's why you see when Solomon asks for wisdom, God says to him, even the things you've not asked for are coming. Because wisdom produces the things we desire. But we chase the things and leave the wisdom. So we spend our lives chasing what comes as a result of when we can get the thing that produces the stuff. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. All her paths are peace. Remember Solomon, he fought no war. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Meaning it's not there waiting for you. You have to find it. You have to find it and then hold on to it. And happy are all who retain her, meaning I can find it and lose it. That's the thing with wisdom. It's not like once wise, always wise. No. You can be wise today and become a fool tomorrow. How? And then it says, the Lord by wisdom founded the earth. Can you imagine? By understanding he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. My son. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Meaning they can, wisdom can be seen. Or something that's on your neck is visible. Then you will walk safely in your way. And your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Wow. And this is from the man who the Bible records to be the wisest man. That lived before Jesus because when Jesus comes in Colossians 2 2 the Bible says that in him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Jesus Christ and guess what Christ is in you but I can carry Christ in me and have no wisdom yet he is the wisdom of God because you see Jesus is in you and I in spirit but the spirit must be drawn out by the soul. You are transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your mind must draw out what is in the spirit. How? By the word of God. So what am I talking about today? I've done a very long introduction. To say that our generation lacks wisdom. But I believe, and according to the scripture, <laughs> that the thing we have lacked is the fear of God. As a generation, we don't fear God. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
do you fear God? I'm not talking about fear where oh, you're shaking. Mufasa, no, I'm not talking about that fear. I'm talking about her holy awe and reverence. Where <laughs> we were trained as children to fear God by our parents, then it's like we thought it was not cool. So we are trying to be cool and in the end we are foolish. Well, how are we told to fear God? When you went to the house of God, there was a way you behaved. Now we find that that's a lack of freedom. For us, we are free. Hmm? You can't walk in when the preacher is preaching. Like, if you come at that time, you stay outside. Because the preacher is delivering the word of God. It's still that way, I think, in the Anglican church. You can't. Like, when you do, people look at you like, what? What have you done? How can you walk in right now? So you had to go to church early. That's why the church was full from the beginning because you can't come in the middle. It's bad. But now some of you, you stroll in actually towards the end of the service and walk to the front and sit down. And it doesn't bother you. You don't fear God. You lack wisdom. How we dressed. I've been talking to my daughters about that. Telling them, little ones, you prepare for a party better than you prepare to go to the house of God. It means that there's more value to you in the house of a party than in the house of God. Of course, what you value, you attract. Then you will lack the wisdom of God because why do you, and I'm not saying you wear your wedding gown to the uh, church, but you know what I mean? Put in some kajanja. I don't know what that is in English, but extra. Do you understand? Like, I can't. For me, I prepare. I think about, I think about it. I pray about it. I ask God, what would you like me to wear? What would bring you glory today? There are seasons when I've been instructed not to wear certain clothes by the Holy Spirit. There are seasons I've been instructed to wear particular things. And you know, it's always that I do my best. I do my best. I'm not that kind of, you might perceive me to be a person who likes shopping. And I don't, I'm not really like that. But when it comes to the house of God, I will put in extra. I will look for beautiful shoes, earrings, my hair. Everything must be thought through to the detail. Even the things you won't see must be working. I'm going to the house of God. Showing up on time. Carrying an offering that is fitting for the king of kings. You know, he keeps saying, do not come before me empty-handed. Meaning, if I'm empty-handed, I don't believe God is there. How we behave in the house of God. I'm not, you know, for us, we like freedom, at least, where I lead. And we, I like laughter, joy. Those are marks of... Of, of, of being in the presence of God, responding, just being alive, not being in church and it's like you're dead. And yet at the party, you're very alive. So it, 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 it's, it's the thing of, do we fear God? Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It says in Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is where it all be. Actually, Proverbs 1, 7 in the Good News Version says to have knowledge, you must first have reverence for the Lord. To have wisdom, you must first have reverence for the Lord. Stupid people have no respect for wisdom and they refuse to learn. Like before you can gain wisdom, you must fear God. The New King James Version says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. I'll tell you something. Growing up, the father figure in my life was my uncle. I feared that man. And it made me a wise child. They are things I could not get involved in, in school. I couldn't. I couldn't. In boarding school, <laughs> I couldn't even get a letter from a boy. Like if a boy writes me a letter, what if my uncle sees it somewhere in his bedroom at his home? I felt like the man could see me. 
I feared my uncle and it kept me away from trouble. I was, I had no disciplinary issue in school. Not even one. The fear of my parent made me wise. It wasn't because I had no crazy ideas of what to do as a teenager. But <laughs> the thought of just disappointing that man was worse than, like, it's all, the, all the desire for all the teenage things went away in that moment. It made me read my books, make sure I pass in class. I don't want him to be called for anything. So the fear of a parent made me a wise teenager. Do you understand? So even you, it begins with that. Like if God is truly your father, if you call him father, you must fear him. And your reverence for him will make you wise. It will give you peace and prosperity. You will find that even though you want to make a stupid decision, you think, oh, <laughs> God will see it. How do I do this? God, there is a God. You know, my friends will tell you that I've, I've wanted to do some, some silly things and I tell them, I fear God. The only thing that saved me from those things was, ah, I fear God. <laughs> how? How can I ashamed him? How will it be hard that me, a child of God, I did that? I can't. It makes you control your emotions in restaurants. It makes you treat people a certain way. It makes you excel at your workplace. It makes you stay out of certain conversations. It makes you stay away from certain decisions in your life because you feel like there is someone watching me and they know I'm a child of God and I'm about to... It's the fear of the Lord. Like, not because you have no feelings. Not that you're never tempted. We are all tempted. But the thing that keeps you from doing certain stuff is that you fear God. My question to you who is watching me today, you who is born again, is Jesus Lord in your life? Is he really Lord in your life? The proof that Jesus is Lord in your life is the level of your obedience and the finality of his word in your life. It is, is, is how you can't imagine that you can do a thing which you... You see when you don't know that, because people who don't know that, oh, that's, not, that's something that God doesn't like. That's different. And that's why you must be a person given to the word of God. So that you constantly find out what does God... Why did I... Why are there things I could never do? I couldn't I couldn't even have a boyfriend because in my family no one needed to tell you but I can't explain to you you can't even have a boyfriend boyfriends who are for after university and those were boyfriends who are going to marry you so therefore there was no opportunity like I can't even talk to you because my uncle will kill me <laughs> like do you understand? Like, what do you mean? Like, I'll see kids doing stuff at school, and I'm like, do you have parents? Like, you people, they'll kill me. Like, I can't, even if they call him that I talk a lot in class, I'm dead. Where do I start? So for me, that fear kept me. They used to call me a very disciplined teenager. What? Let me tell you, it was on account of fear. It had nothing to do with a lack of hormones and chemical imbalances in my system. And the same thoughts any teenager had. It was nice to have the attention of boys, but a friend, it stayed exactly there. Don't write me a letter. Don't talk to me because my uncle might see me and then I'll be dead. Yeah, sorry. So now from moving to my, from my uncle to knowing God's mind, it was the same feeling. It was now, this is God. It's even above this one. Like I have these two people in my life. I'm dead. I can't be caught. Like the thing with God that made me scared is that he can't even see what I'm thinking. At least my uncle can hide and I do actions. The other one can see my heart. 
So it was constantly, Lord, you know my heart. Forgive me, don't strike me dead. I'm not talking about that fear of don't strike me dead. I know he's a loving father, but don't take him for granted. Just because your father loves you doesn't mean you'll get familiar with him. Because familiarity with God equals foolishness. It's the pathway to foolishness. People will say things like, God told me, then I say it. I tell him, Lord, no. <laughs> you've created a God. The one you've created is not the God of the Bible. We've created our own God who we are worshipping and we call him the God of heaven. He's not the one. Because if you truly know who God is and he is Lord in your life, your obedience and the finality of his word will make you a wise person. And I'm going to show you the scriptures. In Luke chapter 6 verse 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And you, In other words, the proof of my Lordship in your life is you doing what I say. That's what is going to make you wise, young person. First of all, you must know what he says and then do it without question. Because let me tell you, some of you, the real Lord in your life is your employer. They said, do this, you do it, you don't question. Or it's your spouse, or it's one of your best friends, or it's a relative. It's not the Lord. The moment they speak, God's word goes secondary. But my uncle said, but my, I had to move from my uncle to God being above my uncle. And he is above my uncle. If it is written, God has said something. And my uncle, who I love and honor and respect, says something. If it is contrary to the Lord, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to do what the Lord says, even when it costs me something. Thankfully, my uncle doesn't contradict the Lord. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? My generation, our generation, my brothers and sisters. Why do we go around calling Jesus our Lord and giving him a bad name? Why do you carry the name of God and don't do what he says? That is what is, is killing us. That's why we lack wisdom. That's why we are going through unnecessary pains we shouldn't go through. Suffering with the same stuff that people who don't acknowledge the God at all are also going through. You see, when you carry a certain name in a certain family, there's a behavior expected of you. They can even strip you of that name if it's a serious family. That was, now for me, it wasn't just about my uncle. It was about my grandfather. I was talking with my sister the other day. I'm saying, do you know that many of us lived a certain way of life, even those of my cousins who didn't yet believe in Jesus, when they wanted to go wild, they would go wild quietly. We feared my grandfather more than anyone else. And that man barely spoke. But to carry his name and the way he lived his life and you're under him. And you carry a bit of his blood and you behave a certain way. When he would hear it, he would summon you from Kampala. We feared him more than our own parents. Like if Tata calls you, you're dead. He puts you on a bus and you go to the village. What? You're dead. Like you're like, I would rather my, my, my mother beats me or something. I don't want my grandfather. And he's not going to beat you. He just says like three words to you and you feel like you want to die. There are names you don't carry lightly. It's like when you understand when I got married and I now knew, oh my God, I carry someone's name. Like I can't carry Biamanzi lightly. Because when I do something, it's no longer now about me. It's that the wife of so-and-so has done this. That gives you wisdom. But for if that means nothing, some of you even refuse to take on your spouse's names. Bless you. Because it's not cool. That who shall become one means nothing to you in the Bible. It's like, yeah, but um, I want to keep my identity. So are you getting married? Keep your identity as a single person. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? This is Jesus. You imagine his pain. 
It's like, stop calling me Lord if you won't do what I say. In other words, the proof of my Lordship in your life. Lord is someone you fear, you reverence, you hold in high regard. But the proof of that is in doing what they say and how quickly you do what they say. Even when you don't feel like it, you think, you know, I did feel like doing most of the stuff I did as a young person, honestly. I didn't feel like waking up early, cooking, cleaning, but I did it without complaint. Why? It's what made my my uncle and auntie happy. I wanted to bring them pleasure. I held them in high regard. I didn't like it. As a young, I like to sleep. My gosh, of course every kid likes to sleep in holiday time. Fine, I know bells are ringing. You're not at school. It's time to sleep in and chillax. But my friend, it made me wise. Taught me to prioritize. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, this is Jesus again. If you love me, listen to God's love language. Keep my commandments, not my suggestion. You know that God's word is not a suggestion. It's a command on a way to live. But in our generation, even the word command makes you annoyed. Like, yeah, that's, that's being too conservative and extreme. No, you lack wisdom. Those, the, the commandments of God are boundaries to protect you and to give you a life in its fullness. In the same John 14, verse 21, Jesus says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, meaning there's a difference between knowing what he says and keeping it. It is he who loves me. How many more times do you want to hear it? That Jesus measures our love for him by how we respond to him. And his lordship. And he who loves me, in other words, he who keeps my commands, the one who loves me. So the one who keeps my commands will be loved by my father and I will love him and I will manifest myself to him. Many of us want encounters with God, but we don't want to do what he says. He won't waste his encounter with you. He comes to those who obey him and listen to him, whose hearts are broken before him. Even parents, they give more responsibility to the children who already respond to them. They don't go to the hard one to give them more work. They are difficult. As a parent, you always look around and say, ah, who will be difficult? Who will be easy? Even me. Even as a spiritual parent, I look around for my spiritual children. I go to the easiest ones. I don't go to the difficult ones. If, like if, you, if, you, if, you, if you have a spiritual parent and they barely give you any responsibility, question your, your heart towards them. They know you're difficult. But there are those who you keep going to because they are easy. They respond to you. Even God is the same way. The more I respond to him, the more he visits me with more instruction. In the midst of many voices, I told you in the beginning that it's a strange thing that we live in a generation with a lot of information, a lot of access, and a lot of foolishness. So many bad decisions. In the midst of many voices and very strong opinions, the one who is Lord will have the final word. But is Jesus Lord? Do you fear God? Do you reverence him? Do you hold him in high regard? It will make you wise. God's word must become the end of all argument for us who call Jesus Lord. I'll say it again. God's word must become the end of all argument for us who say Jesus is our Lord. It must become because the Lordship of Jesus is what should make a difference for us. And I want to touch on some things. For example, what does this look like practically? I like practical things. Let's talk about, okay, where do we see the evidence of the Lordship of Jesus, okay? First of all, in the way you manage your money. There are some of you who say, Jesus is my Lord, but I don't believe in tithe. He's not Lord. He has said the tithe belongs to him. You, you say, it is mine, I eat it. It's a lie. Tithe, 
generosity, honoring your father and mother with your money and substance. I mean your father and mother who produced you. Yes. Saving. Taking care of the future. Taking care of widows and orphans. How, for if all your money is yours to eat, Jesus is not Lord. Let's get practical. I don't be offended at me because offense is not of God. It's not ministered by the Lord. There's nothing I'm saying that's not in the scriptures. How about how you manage your relationships? I've just talked about father and mother. Do you honor your father and mother? Or you sit with your friends and break down your parents? And how for you, your mother is just a chatterbox who irritates you. For you, your dad is just a womanizer or some cafe guy there who can barely provide for his family. How do you speak of your parents? He says his standard is honor your father and mother. Is Jesus Lord, regardless of their character, their accolades, how they did what in life, what they did, his instruction is mana wange, child of mine. If you belong to me, honor your father and mother. That's how we behave. My kids sometimes visit homes and say, Mommy, at this home, they do like this. At this home, I'm like, great. In this home, you do like this. Don't come to tell me what they do in the other home. So you can't say, but, 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 it is here. If indeed I'm your mother and you're in my house, we behave like this. If indeed Jesus is Lord and you're under his lordship, you honor your father and mother. You walk with the wise. You can't say, for me, all my friends, eh? okay, they are like hooligans, eh? Eh, but you see me here. I'm growing in wisdom. No. He who walks with the wise grows wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. You are going to suffer harm. It's a process. You're becoming more like them. For you, you're very unique. I'm the one influencing them. You'll be like the brother at the nude beach who went there and he's going to preach the gospel. He never came back. Because there's an instruction about that one. How you handle your relationships? Who is close to you? Who do you allow close to you? What about how you honor the people around you? Your spiritual leaders? How you deal with authority? How you deal with your money? Again, I'm talking about bribes. Do you give bribes or take them? Jesus is not Lord. He says that he who takes a bribe, it makes you blind and perverts justice. So every time you give a bribe to a traffic policeman, you've made him blind and increase the perversion of justice in your own country because it's the easy way out. We don't do the easy way out when it comes to someone who you honor. That's why you become wise. Wisdom is uphill. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Wisdom, you ascend to it. You don't, it doesn't descend to you. Wisdom doesn't compromise and change its level. You have to go to where wisdom is. And wisdom is up. Is it easier to give a bribe? Yes, it's much more difficult, much more expensive. Then you know what? Drive well on the road. Instead of getting a problem, then after that you have to give a bribe. For me, I've been caught with my offenses before. And you pay. And it's a lot of money and it hurts. But you know what? I do my best to drive well. So that I'm not caught in an offense and to have a, a valid driving license and all those things. These are the practical things. I'm not talking about some stuff there in the air. Deep spiritual enigmas that you can't understand. No, I'm talking about giving a bribe to a traffic policeman. Or bribing your way through some process that takes months and you want it in days. Pray for favor. Find someone who knows someone in the system. That's favor. That's not bad. But don't pay your way to get stuff done and then think that you'll have wisdom that's not the way of wisdom that is the way of shortcuts wisdom has no shortcuts how about how you dress fashion but it's fashionable it's fashionable to walk around naked you child of god and some of you say don't judge me you're judging yourself i'm not judging you 
I'm, I'm, but you know it. That if a part of your body is private, it should stay private. There's no, there are fashions that must come and go. And for you as a queen or a king, they leave you. And you know that gentlemen also you sometimes you're indecent. Mm, you wear very tight clothing. And we see things we shouldn't be seeing. Those things are not for us to see. They're for your wife. Don't bring them here in public for us to view. Then women, you, you know. Yeah, I'm training my daughters in a generation where they are, they are wondering, Mommy, are you sure? I tell them we are from a different kingdom. We are queens. How many of you have seen queens who go around showing their yana of voluptuous twins? Hey, don't. Queens don't go around showing parts of their body that should remain private and that you have freedom with your body. My friend, freedom is with boundaries. The more boundaries you have, yes, and you're saying no, yes, freedom is boundaries. The more covered I am, the more free I am. I'm more free than you. Why do you wear it and keep pulling it? You're not free. Why? You're not free. Me, let me tell you, when you have a wall around your home, you have freedom to play the kids. You're not worried there's a wall and a gate. You have kids where there's no wall and gate. There's no freedom. You're always checking on them. Are they on the road? Who's touching them? But when there's a wall and a gate, there's freedom to play. Boundaries give you freedom. Boundaries in how you dress. Decide your own boundaries. There are places that people shouldn't see all the time. Leave some mystery, young women. Be modest. I'm talking about the fear of the Lord gives you wisdom. Some of you, you're going to fail to get certain jobs because they go on Instagram and see your clothes and see this one can't work here. Because they judge you by how you dress, whether you want it or not. And God has given us a way out. How about how you deal with authority? Some of you are about to switch off. <laughs> You'll be fine. Dealing with authority. How you treat your workers. Some of you have house helps at home who you treat worse than your dogs. And you say, Jesus is Lord. You pay them nothing. You treat them badly. They dress. You want to keep them in the kitchen where no one can see them. If you're scared of people meeting your house help, there's a lordship problem in your life and you lack wisdom. Because one of the things that showed the wisdom of Solomon is how his workers dressed. The food on their table. My God. I know I'm touching things. Your work ethic. You spend all day on Instagram and Facebook instead of doing your job. Yet he has written in Colossians that when you're working, do it as unto the Lord and not, and not to men. Because of the Lord, you will receive a reward. Whatever you do it. He says in Colossians chapter 3, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. For of the Lord you will receive a reward. The excellent spirit of Daniel. That is the, the excellent spirit of Joseph. Is that what you carry at your workplace? I'm talking wisdom. We pray for promotion and then continue to do shoddy work and expect God to promote us. He won't. To fear God is to be exceptional. You know, in, and then I'm going to end with this one, which I, I know is that touchy one, our sexuality. We live in a generation where people come and ask things like, how far is too far? How far is too far is uh, what the scripture, according, the farthest you can go is what the scripture says. The scriptures say, treat the younger men as brothers and the younger women as sisters with all purity. Whatever you would not do with your brother, you shouldn't be doing with someone who's not your wife. And they become your wife that day you say your vows before God and witnesses. Mm. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, that we shall become one flesh. 
that's the point at which you can go beyond what brothers and sisters do so if for you in the habit of kissing your brothers and sisters on the mouth and snuggling them do it to your current boyfriend and girlfriend that is how far is too far according to the standards of god <laughs> am i talking at all i'm talking i'm talking Papa, Pastor B3, you're going too far. I think that you're being what? Too conservative. No, I'm telling you the standards of the Bible. They don't change. God doesn't change with generations. Say, ah, change the scriptures, updated version. This generation needs more freedom. No, my friend. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he has to change his mind, he's not perfect. God is perfect. His will is perfect. It doesn't change with time. It's us who think we are wiser than him. We try to edit his word and then we end up with real pains that we shouldn't end up with. Because my question to you is, dear child of God, who wants to go, how far is too far? When you don't marry that person, what happens? How many are you going to kiss until your spouse? How many are you going to touch until your spouse? Then one day you meet them in a restaurant when you're married and you know they know you a certain way. God is keeping you away from nonsensical pain that you shouldn't be facing in this generation. Let's end with this. Hey, today I'm not going to to too far. You understand? I know this one is going deep, but we are talking about wisdom. We are talking about the fear of God. We are talking about the lordship of Jesus. These conversations must come back. Stop being robbed in broad daylight with the lies of the enemy in our generation that look like they are nice, but they are wounding you. Many of us carry wounds we shouldn't carry because we've continued to live like we don't know God when we are under His lordship. And we've been robbed of peace, of prosperity, of just freedom. You can be single and happy. Guys, marriage is not a place to arrive at. It's not an achievement in life. It's a place of service. You get married to go and serve someone. Not to be served. So you don't, don't, don't try to make it come to pass by all means necessary. Some of you have moved into people's homes. You're not their spouse. Why should they give for... A price what they are getting free of charge. You've reduced your value and gone against the word of God because it's convenient and your aunties are pushing you. So your aunties are the Lord. At the end of the day, we must fear God enough to make our decisions. I told you that as a teenager, I had pressure to be like everyone else. And it wasn't just me. There were many others who also chose a different path because they feared their parents. For you, would you fear? Do you fear God? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But how you know foolishness is entering your heart is when you despise the instruction of God. How do you despise it? By choosing something lower and making it higher than God. The voice of someone else goes higher than the voice of God. In Psalm 119, these were some of my verses as a young girl. 119, verse 9 and verse 11. I'll read them in different versions. New Living Translation, verse 9. How can a young person stay pure? What a good question, David asked. Because, man, it's hard when you're young. The passions, the thoughts, the desires, the things you want to pursue. You want to get rich quickly. You want to experience sexual things. You want to, there's so many things you want. You have curiosity in your mind. So how can a young man keep his way pure? He says, by obeying your word. Have you heard? Obedience, obedience, obedience. Obe God, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. Obey me. What? It's, the, it's the same thing. It's the like that's it how do you keep your way pure by obeying the word of god but you will not obey what you don't even know so you must be one given to the word and then one given to obeying it you have to become more radical as a believer if you're going to really be wise 
you can't be ish ish about it and say okay that that part of the bible yeah, i don't agree with it then you have become god in the place of god the, the english um translation standard version says how can a young man keep his way pure then he says by guarding it according to your word in other words when you do what the word of god says you're protected you're guarded the new king james version says how can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word when you take heed is you're being very careful you live carefully how by obeying the word of god verse 11 new living translation psalm 119 he says david says i have hidden your word in my heart that i may not sin against you i have hidden your word in my heart not in my head i told you i would come to that knowing the word knowing what god's word says and having it in your heart are two different things when it's in your heart it guides your life you question everything up concern. You say, what does God's word say about that matter? People have come to me. I want advice. I'm doing this. I'm cohabiting. But I'm, I'm, I ask them, what does God's word say? Ha, okay. Pastor, let's not talk about that one. So what do we talk about? What does God's word say about the matter? Do what God's word says and you'll have peace. That's why you lack peace. In your heart, there's a witness by the Holy Spirit saying, this is not the right way. And the right way is not always the easy way. The easy way usually is the broad way and it leads to destruction. The hard way is usually the narrow path that leads to life. The question is, what does God say about the matter? English, English Standard Version says, I have stored up your word. Do you hear that? Store. I've stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Amplified says, your word I have treasured and stored in my heart that I may not sin against you. How does a young man keep his way pure? By obeying the word of God. How do you obey the word? Store it up so that when temptation comes, there's already a word that the Holy Spirit can quicken you to remember and say, hey, this is not available for you. 2 Timothy 2.22 is one of those I love. It says, flee sexual desire. <laughs> flee youthful lusts. How do you flee them? Now, some of you, you don't flee you play with them. Fleeing means run for your life. When you see a lion, you don't stand there and first look at it and say, oh, what a lion. Do you think it can catch me? You flee. That means that it's dangerous. That means, like, flee. That's what, that's what Joseph did. He even left his coat in the hands of Potiphar's wife. He didn't stand there and negotiate with her woman of God. You, are a beauty. you think Potiphar's wife was ugly? Potiphar had to have a hot chick. You think it was easy for David? Meanwhile, David is feeling rejected by Joseph. He's feeling rejected by God. He's in another country. No one knows him. He's in Egypt. Everyone is in Israel. No one will find out. But the Bible says because he feared God. He said, how can I do this evil thing before God? He feared God and it's what it saved his life. Because if you're a young man, you know that honestly, that is opportunity presenting itself. You're young. The passions are available. You are young, there's a woman here, she's good looking, she's presenting herself to you. You're in a foreign country, all the you're in the bedroom, everything is appropriate, presented right there. But he feared God, that's what saved his life. He feared God and he fled and left his jacket in the hand of a woman. He was willing to be put in prison. I think Potiphar knew his wife because Joseph should have been killed, but he put him in prison. He knew. Deep down, he knew. It's not easy. She probably tried to trick this cowboy, but I can't attain Auswala also in front of my people. Let me send him to jail. Joseph was willing to die 
for the fear of God. Like it was more important for him that he does what the word of God says than for him to save his life. And it really promoted him. The fear of God will promote you. Flee youthful lusts, but how do you flee them? I love that. The end in there, it says how? By pursuing righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. In other words, find some friends who fear God and tie on them. They will keep you in check. You can't do this thing alone. The world is full of so much temptation, so many voices, so many opinions. If you're more acquainted with the opinion of the world than the opinion of God, let me tell you something. You're not going to, you can't win. You can't win. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'll go back to where I started, that we are in a generation where we have so much information, so much access, but very little wisdom. And we have wounds, we have pains, we shouldn't. I'm talking to those of you and I who call Jesus Lord. It's time for us to act like it, to obey his word, for it to become final, to say, I know that the temptation is there, but Lord, you have said this, I will go by it. And I will trust you. And I promise you there is no loss in that life. I've made my share of mistakes. But by the grace of God, I found I feared God from my young age. And so there are so many things that I have avoided that I don't have to go through the pains of. That I don't have to know what it feels like to have that pain. I don't have to. Why? It's not because I was better than anyone. I just feared God. And at that point, I looked like a kagudi two-shoes. They call you all sorts of names to make you feel like something is wrong with you because you're not conforming to the patterns of this world. But the true wisdom of God, it will give you peace. It will give you prosperity. It will put a crown on your head. It will pull a garland of, of grace on your neck. It will give you high esteem and favor before God and men. Those people who laughed at you will come and ask for your advice with time. The wisdom of God is powerful, but there is no wisdom of God without reverence for God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so, my friends, can we go back to that place today? A place of wisdom. Ask yourself, there are things which you know that have to stop in your life right now. Some of you, you're hanging out in places where you're drinking drinks you shouldn't be drinking because you think that is freedom. It is bondage. The definition of freedom by the world is bondage. It's bondage. And Jesus wants to give us a way out. So I need you to do something for me. Reach out to someone who is your disciple or someone you work with, someone you have accountability to tell them, this thing in my life, I have been practicing I am stopping because I know it is out of the will of God. It is out of the will of God. For some of you, it's that some of the clothes you've embraced as fashionable. They're not. It's not great to, to walk around being called sexy. That's the way of the world. Unless it's your husband or wife telling you that. But I, I don't think that your friends, that that's how you dress to appease them sexually. Why are you arousing those desires in people who cannot, you can't fulfill them to each other? Some of it's relationships that you need to walk out of. If someone is not submitted to the Lordship of Jesus, what are you doing with them in a deep, intimate relationship? Unless they're already your spouse, there you just pray for them to come to the Lordship of Jesus. But if it's before, what are you doing? Because what, they are available and you're desperate to be married, then you spend the rest of your years praying about that person. So it's those, I want you to go and say, let's start with the little stuff before we go any deeper, that if we love him, we will obey his commands. Let's not call him Lord, Lord, and not do what he says. This is a pathway to prosperity, to freedom, to peace of mind, to promotion. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I want to invite you to that place. I know this is not a sermon you hear often. This is not a conversation we like to talk about because it can be politically incorrect, but I'm not here for politics. I have been called in this generation to be someone who speaks truth and brings freedom from things that have bound us that shouldn't. We can, there's more. You can live free. You can meet someone you dated before. I dated someone before my husband, one person. I meet him with talk with his friends with my husband they work together do you know why nothing happened that doesn't happen between brothers and sisters but some of you once you break that relationship if you even see the person you can move countries because you went too far and now it's time for healing there is no condemnation it's time for you to heal by making different choices moving forward that there is a life available to you but it's so different from the world that the world is going to tell you that something is wrong with you don't embrace it Embrace the wisdom of God because it is higher, it is better, it gives better results. And in the beginning, it feels difficult and it feels like a loss, but it is not. I will tell you that from my life and the lives of people who have walked the way of fearing God, the rewards are immense. And the first reward is peace. Peace, prosperity, freedom. Freedom and boundaries in the kingdom of God are the true freedom. Maybe you're watching me and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. I'd like to invite you right now to make that decision that you've lived on your own with no one above you no authority you don't know you don't know how to be under any authority and you've made mistakes i want to invite you to come to the lordship of jesus christ who covers who protects who propels who fulfills his promises in your life and it's very simple just believe in your heart that jesus is lord and you live a life of surrender to him how believe in your heart and confess with your mouth this simple prayer that you're going to pray after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive you as my Lord. I receive your forgiveness of my sins and I receive your fatherhood. Take my life and do something significant with it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you're born again, let me know. Send me an email, beatricebeamanzi at gmail.com. The rest of us, let's go and obey Jesus. Let him be Lord in our lives. Let's not be the compromising Christians, but the ones who say, if God said it, that settles it. I promise you, the way of wisdom is the higher way, and her proceeds are better than anything you may desire. You're blessed. I'll see you again next time.